This is Fusion Music Radio's Birds of a Feather. What are we? We are an indie music-focused show, rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. Fascinating, fun features and thematic song submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you. And who are the hosts? Me, Professor Peace Soup. And so what do I do besides host this show? Well, for years now, actually, before radio, I was a recording artist. And I have four albums you can hear on my Reverb Nation page, Professor P. Soup. And uh, come to your uh, own conclusions there. A blend of iced tea meets Weird Al Yankovic meets Black Sabbath, something like that. And I have also, I'm also a producer of numerous radio shows on Fusion Music Radio, such as The Soup Kitchen. I produce, uh, executive produce, Audrey's Mixtape Show, and co-host another show we'll talk about in a few minutes. And our hostess, introduce yourself, madam. Well, I am Christina Baldwin, and I am a vocalist for the Southern California rock band Ascent. So, and you know, and so much more. Not really. Now it's pretty much it. Um, and then now co-host of this show. And uh, the first thing that I want to talk about, though, actually, David, speaking of Ascent, is that we actually have a new song that we just uh, released. Yeah, uh, you know, and <laughs> you know me, Mr. One Step Ahead. I have actually acquired that, and um, I'm, it's queued up now, so let's just listen to your new single. Oh, wow. Thanks. Okay. Fuck. Fucking fuck. Fucking fuck. Fucking fuck. Fucking fuck. Fucking fuck. Fucking fuck. Um <laughs> don't be shy. That's single. a bold that is a bold new step for you. And uh <laughs> I, I I embrace the new direction. Uh some I should have fucking known. That is not the new song. <laughs> that is not the new song. And I don't know what the fuck just happened, but that is not the new song. That is some concoction of the bullshit I say on the show <laughs> all put together and some cute little package and delivered to our audience with a one two punch. Actually so- but uh, no, you see what listeners. Now it's time for listeners to understand what you what just happened here was me invoking the protections of a a pact that Christina and I have called the uh, MFWA, the Mutual Fuck With Accord. Um, the fact that, the fact that I avail myself of this privilege uh, and the uh, protections afforded therein more than she does. Well, that's on her. I just happen to use it more. But if it's there, you might as well use it. Use it or lose it. So that's me invoking the MFWA. And uh, there might not be the last time this episode, too. You are lucky that you invoked that because we were going to have to have a very stern discussion. (laughs) 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 Well, you know, we did warn them first episode, and I believe that everywhere uh, it says that we have explicit lyrics, and we fucking do. I have a bad mouth, so what? There it is. Now you've made it plain that even in just one episode, I say fuck more than any human should. So that's all right. (laughs) So thank you very much. I'm going to go on to the real song, which we will not be playing on the show because 
we are here to promote your music. We are here to promote indie artists that are not ourselves, even though we are both indie artists. But I will tell you about my new song. The new song is called The Abduction of Jane Doe. And it is actually a very, very strange song. It's a song about the murder of a child and the child being about 12 to 14 years old. And there's a reason why it's very specific. And it's actually, it is told from two different vantage points. One, it's told from a narration standpoint. And then the other part of the song is told from the the murdered child's point of view. So it is a really bizarre song inspired by the movie, The Lovely Bones. And if you've ever seen it, it's a really, uh, you know, just beautifully shot movie with lots of just gorgeous backgrounds and gorgeous settings. And for some reason, it really got to me. And I'm also a crime show person. So I love crime shows and shit. And I love law and I love forensics and I love all of that. True crime, as they say. So for whatever reason, it inspired me to write this song. And we had released it years ago and we just re-released it a more rocky version of it because it was just a little too pedestrian before because it was you know before we really got super heavy so we re-recorded it and re-released it and we hope you like it and uh you can go to ascent.rocks anytime to hear any of our music to find out when our upcoming shows are well let's talk about that for a minute there aren't any upcoming shows we had a few but given what's going on in the world all shows are canceled until further notice although later on tonight we will be doing a little uh, acoustic something because why not everybody is but um ascent.rocks you can find out anything coming up probably after the next uh, four to six weeks so anyway that's all i have to say about ascent today Right, you can hear all three versions of that, including the orchestral one, at their SoundCloud page. Hey, and we played it on the last Butterflies and Hurricanes, and you go, well, Butterflies and Hurricanes, I've heard you make passing reference to that. What in the world is that? Yes, what is it? Tell us, David. Well, Butterflies and Hurricanes is uh, the probably the principal show on Fusion Music Radio, hosted by Louis Drayton and co-hosted by me. And the show's been on for years, and I joined about the 30-something episode, and we've done about 90 episodes so far. And what is the show about? Well, <laughs> it's sort of a tightly structured free-for-all. It sounds very loose, but it's a, there, is a, there is a format to it. There's a method to it. We have segments, and we have Louis Strayton, and I. Louis Strayton, by the way, is an absolutely brilliant recording artist with uh, an extensive recording history of punk rock and uh, techno rock and uh, just all kinds of uh, fantastic music and rap. He's a, one of the most brilliant rappers you'll ever hear in your life. So uh, check out the music of Louis Drayton. And he's magic on the mic also when it comes to the radio. I heard him and I was hooked in five seconds interviewing a friend of mine. And uh, little did I ever dream I'd be doing a show with this legend. But um, his music is fantastic, and he's a great radio host. And he and I uh, play indie music, as we do on Birds of a Feather, but we also do some stuff that we don't do here, which is talk about world events, socio-gasp, political things, and such like that, and uh, opposing views, and views you might not be used to hearing, and all that. We uh, we also look for uh, hilarious news stories, and we do an interview with a fantastic figure, I'm using Lewis's words here, from the world of indie music, including Ascent and somebody else we're going to be talking about in a minute, too. So, yeah, Butterflies and Hurricanes on FusionMusicRadio.net, and we're on all the old digital platforms, same as Birds of a Feather, although we're moving on to other ones, and we'll keep you posted on that. But, yep, that's another show that we do on Fusion Music Radio and featuring yours truly. So if you can't get enough of my 
blithering here, you can also go over there and it gets worse. <laughs> well, I must say something about butterflies and hurricanes because that was my gateway drug to the show with you. I absolutely love the show. It's brilliantly done. Two of the best hosts I've ever heard. That's really why I wanted to, to do radio again. I've always wanted to do radio, as we discussed, I think, in our first episode. But hearing that show and hearing how good it is and the format and the pace and, of course, the attention to indie musicians just ignited the passion in me again. And I love the show. I'm so honored that I've been played on it and been interviewed for the show. It is a brilliantly done show, and you must listen to it. I know I do every time. I actually cannot wait to listen to it. Um, so I listen to it from soup to nuts every time. And the interviews are brilliant. The song choices are completely eclectic. There is no theme. There are no rules there. You submit music and they play it. They really, really um, cater to every genre, every kind of music, and every artist. So I really want to encourage you that if you're an artist and you're listening to this show, that you submit your music to Butterflies and Hurricanes as well, because it is a brilliant show show and you'll be doing yourself a favor well gosh thank you <laughs> golly well thank you the, uh, the check is in the mail uh, that, that, that kind of endorsement cannot be free no way and hell nobody's gonna buy <laughs> nobody's gonna buy we didn't pay you to say that okay there's no way no nobody's <laughs> gonna buy that but you did you had no idea i was actually gonna say that but i had to say something i feel so passionately about the show it's just brilliant so and i also get to co-host a show with the co-host of that show so i am so very happy and feel very privileged and I'm glad we're doing this show. So now you have two awesome fucking shows you have to listen to, both indie music focused. So get your shit together and listen to them. Come on. Right, right. Right, shit. All right, speaking of indie music, I'm going to go ahead and get us started with song number 10. Song number 10 is by a band called Francis Cone, and the song name is June. Now, they're located in Brooklyn, New York. They are an indie electronic alternative pop group wow um and they are female fronted so you know how i love female fronted and i know how you love female fronted you can find their information at reverb nation you can find them at francis cone now i love the building urgency of this song oh it's so good so there's a building urgency then her pure soft yet commanding voice kicks in harmonies build the song before it deconstructs momentarily which i love the instrumentation continues to crescendo until the song comes to a perfect ending i love this electronic pop gem by francis cone
Francis Cohen, our number 10 song. Now to restate the theme of this episode, which you might recall is Cormorant Eileen. Now you people under 12 out there might not get the reference. That's kind of a riff off of a big hit song by Dexy's Midnight Runners called Come On Eileen, which everybody who's ever heard the song is singing it in their head right now because it's just one of those tunes. You know, come on Eileen. I mean, everybody's doing it if you know the song. <laughs> uh, Cormorant Eileen. So what, but when Christina ran this by me, I thought to myself, okay, but what's the theme about? And clever, <laughs> clever sly boots that she is uh, totally was over my head on that one. It's songs with a name of a person in it. And we each have one, actually. We just heard about Jane Doe, and I have two of them myself, but we're, we, your humble, humble abjects, are not here to uh, aggrandize ourselves. Oh, heavens knows. Or we will no. our stuff. I have two songs, one called My Name is Candy, and one called Silas Drood, which I'll be talking about a little later on, uh, I think. Um, but, yeah, Cormorant Aline, songs with the name of a person in them, and we have each kicked uh, in a little bit, and mostly we've gotten submissions or found and scoured the uh, outer reaches of the indie music world to find songs to bring you of extremely high quality on the show. So Cormorant Eileen, songs with somebody's name in them. Yes, and we got great submissions, and you'll notice that there is a myriad of different names, but I have to tell you, David, there were two that I had to go out and find because they are our namesakes. There is a song called David and the song called Christina on our countdown because, I'm sorry, it's our fucking show. (laughs) Hey, that's right. (laughs) I had to. I couldn't help myself. So there are a couple that I went out and found uh, songs that are our namesake that I thought would be fun. So you'll hear those in a few minutes. But before we get on to song number nine, I'm going to talk a little bit about Birds of a Local Feather because I, on the 14th, whether it was ill-advised or not, attended a show at the world-famous Dog. Well, you may notice now that we talk about the world-famous Doll Hut a lot. There are a lot of great shows and great artists that come to that venue. So I actually was performing that evening with Ascent, and during the day there was another show, a matinee show, and I was able to catch Bat Farm live for the first time, and oh my god, just absolutely knocked me out they're so great Alex Calise is just this powerhouse vocalist that just floors me her voice is so incredible and she's up there and she's making these really amazing like animalistic faces because she is so in her face is all twisted and she's in and she's this rocker chick with this guitar and she's playing it like no one else's fucking business and then we've got Dennis Morehouse back there pounding the skins absolutely brilliant oh my god he's got dreads these are two beautiful people so you're watching two gorgeous people like just completely shred on stage with this music and the music is absolutely infectious it's so good it's rock it's everything so i really want you to to vow to me all of you listening and you too david that you are going to go see bat farm live once this crazy thing passes because bat farm is electric and we are hoping to book shows with them alex and i are very good friends so we've been talking about booking shows for a long time they were brilliant and as it turns out weren't they uh, aren't they coming up on butterflies soon david I was certainly going to mention that. They will be the guests on the next Butterflies and Hurricanes. Uh, I don't have the date handy, but, you know, the one after this show. Yeah, the next Butterflies <laughs> and Hurricanes platform. And I saw some, uh, a clip that you posted from the world-famous Dalha, and it was absolutely stunning. I mean, they are really brilliant. I look forward to the interview and hearing all the songs. And I was supposed to be there that night. And 
so they're a duo. Is uh, anything else about duos you'd like to say? <laughs> yes. Actually, uh, in addition to that duo, we got to see the Tragic Radicals live again. And the Tragic Radicals are... <laughs> To say that they melt your face off would be just a very, very silly thing to say because they do far more than that. They are a, another duo, and it is guitar and drums again. And just, again, holy shit. You can't even see AJ's face. AJ is the guitarist. You cannot see her face because it's covered by her her blonde hair as she is just completely rocking out. You just you don't see her face the whole time till she comes up for air, says a little something, and it goes right back into just fucking shredding. It's ridiculous. These are two amazingly powerful women backed by two amazing drummers Tyler on the drums is just insane and you know here's the thing about duos right so Bruce and I are a duo and Bruce actually his first love and when I met him he was a drummer so you actually have <laughs> two people who are very very <laughs> I mean we are very picky about drummers and we are very picky about vocalists and we're very picky about guitarists because Bruce is a brilliant guitarist um, he would not say that a brilliant drummer he also would not say that um, and then I am a vocalist so it's it's interesting how how we look at these bands and we're thinking oh my god you guys are so incredible we want to play shows with you because they just completely destroy it up there so we've seen the Tragic Radicals many times and have had the honor to play with them many times and we know we're going to have more and they also I believe I'm trying to recall I'm going back in my brain and I'm thinking weren't they also on Bud Butterflies? Yeah, the Tragic Radicals were a show or two ago on Butterflies and Hurricanes. Also, wonderful interview, and it was the first uh, time I'd gotten to hear their brilliant music, and there's also a clip online of that uh, Doll Hut show. They are incredible, and interesting thing about them is, unlike Bat Farm, they're both the same, and it's a female a guitar player, singer, and a drummer, and but with um, <clears throat> but the Tragic Radicals, there's no vocalist. And the funny thing is, you won't miss it. You will be so enthralled. They take you on such a wild ride instrumentally. You won't even be thinking, "Hey, shouldn't somebody be singing right now?" You, they, both of these bands just stomp your balls into powder. Okay, you will sit there enthralled, <laughs> and you will not. You will ask no questions. You will just sit there in a ga- a gog and watch in awe and listen because they are two truly incredible bands. Interesting, there were three duos on stage that night, actually. Three groups of two. That is very rare, I think. Yeah, including Ascent. Even though you have a full band sound, it's because of all of uh, Bruce's programming uh, and looping. But uh, it's three duos. And, <laughs> again, full satisfaction, nothing missing. I, all three of these bands were excellent. It must have been amazing. The clips I saw, go check those out and listen to those two other bands. They are astonishingly good. Absolutely. So one of the things that we pride ourselves on doing is also supporting local music. So we will continue to bring you our experience with local music as soon as we are able to either get back out to a venue or watch some online because those are just as valuable as going out to a venue right now so if you haven't watched any online please do that's our outlet currently and also that's our way to hopefully bring some healing to what's going on in the world right now so with that i'm going to go on to song number nine song number nine uh, by a band called see-through dresses and david i know this is one of the bands that you love the song's name is johnny they are from omaha nebraska and they consider themselves rock i heard a little pop in there though too which of course we know on this show pop is not a dirty word and you can find them at reverb nation at see-through dresses 
Now, this is female fronted again. Her voice lulls me into a state of complete submission while the guitar begs me to follow it as it meanders and weaves a solemn yet hopeful emotional tapestry. You're going to see what I mean after you listen to See Through Dresses.
All right, on to song number eight. Now, on the first Birds of a Feather, we played a truly amazing tune called Cupid's Sting by Vanderocker. Well, Vanderocker is the kid's sister... Well, and it might seem strange to call a 40-something woman kid, but I do it to Christina all the time, right? (laughs) (laughs) True that. She's the younger sister. Everyone's a kid when you're my age. She's the younger sister of Bo Jest, who, in the early to mid-90s, released one of just the greatest albums ever, in my personal opinion, among my personal favorites. Annika Speller, Bo Jest, led one of the greatest bands ever assembled, in my opinion. Uh, and I, it's funny because I was a hopeless fanboy for a couple of years. I was like, oh, Bo Jess, before actually getting to know her. You know, now she's just a buddy of mine, but it's, it's still hard to reconcile my friend Annika with the genius whose compositions and arrangements still leave me stupefied. Layers and layers of brilliant keyboards and synths and vocals, not only backing up herself, but incorporating the male members of the group when it would suit the song best. Uh, the sound collage she puts together sweeps you into a rarefied atmosphere, into a fantastical world with airs of classical music and classical literature and pop and rock in a way that really can't be defined or explained. And I got to know this album under on Reverb Nation under the name Masquerade, but years later acquired a physical copy, which is called Kissing It On. And thus, one of my favorite records of all time is one I'm not even familiar with the song order that well. But on Reverb Nation, uh, you can hear them all and the extras, too. And this unusual tune we're going to play is not even on the album proper, but it's there on Reverb Nation. It was a favorite single for radio stations around Halloween time, when she was getting a lot of FM airplay back then. And she says it's based on a Charles Dickens ghost story, but I have an illustrated book of that in which it's distinctly ghost-free, and neither is the name Fox featured in it. It's called Captain Murderer. But ghosts notwithstanding, it's a twisted tale of killing and cannibalism and revenge, hilariously sketched out in the book I have, as if it's for children. Heaven help them. But it's an unusual piece, and in no way reflects her usual sound. Not that she really has one. It's largely synthesized strings, so it's sort of like her Eleanor Rigby. And as for this band I mentioned, there's an interesting two-part tie-in to a group you all know quite well, namely Heart. Her guitar player, Chad Quist, is currently playing with Steve Fawson and Mike DeRosier, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees as members of the original Heart, in a unique tribute band called Heart by Heart, in which they play Heart songs with two of the original members, but just not the Wilson sisters. And her drummer, Ben Smith, after a terrible accident, sidelined Annika's steep upward slope of her band Uh, they were really picking up steam went to work shortly after her with the Wilson sisters in heart and he's been playing with them ever since for like 25 years now and he plays with Nancy in her solo project Roadcase Royale so top flight musicians stunning arrangements brilliant compositions gorgeous vocals here's an off the beaten track piece by Bo Jess called Captain Fox She made his pie. <laughs> 
for the bones Ran the bird and Nigel was down Took his leave to find a new wine Filed his teeth and shattered his Bojest on Reverb Nation at Bojest. Let's look for Bojest, no space between the B-O-J-E-S-T, and two will pop up. There's a picture of a little French kid, and then there's a woman above that. That's the one. Click on that. And you can hear all that fantastic music. And what now, Christina? What now? How now? (laughs) Well, now we are going on to Concerts to Crow About, and you're going to tell us about one of the most amazing concerts I can only imagine. Yes, well, one of the great things about the world we live in and the technology we have is that any concert you went to, no matter how far back it was, you can almost always find the set list on the, through the wonders of the interwebs uh, and the date of when it happened and everything. But in some particularly wonderful cases, they recorded an album of that tour, and now you can listen to the show that you went to. Uh, on a, a record. Well, several of those, uh, several shows that I've been to have been recorded as such. Sammy Hagar's All Night Long, I was at that tour. Kiss Alive 2 and Queen Live Killers, I was uh, at the shows that were recorded in those tours. And here's another case, a brilliant case. David Bowie in uh, 1978 on the Isolar 2 tour uh, when he was promoting the albums Low and Heroes, the first two of the legendary Berlin trilogy. Uh, Lodger was not out yet, but um, that was a show I will never forget. And what's amazing about that is how scaled down it was. It was just the band on stage 
just wearing normal clothes. And, of course, Bowie, he's a renaissance man. He's a clothes horse. He always looks phenomenal. Um, was just being Bowie, his moves, his voice, his uh, keyboard playing. And uh, just bare stage and not even colored lights. You could go to any bar and you would get more fancy production than you would get on this David Bowie world tour, but you'll never hear music of this caliber. But the whole thing was recorded on the stage live album, and every time they re-release it, you get more and more tracks. Now it's almost 20 minutes longer than the one I had back in the 70s, but I have the new one now. And it captures a lot of the magic moments, the extensive Ziggy Stardust set, some of the older Aladdin Sane type songs, as well as a, a healthy dose of the later albums like uh, Station to Station and Low and Heroes, which was the current one, and even uh, Young Americans. It's just a brilliant live album. The band is on fire. You had uh, Adrian Ballou on lead guitar, and it's just one of the best things you've ever heard, along with the uh, first live album he put out, David Live, which was just magnificent. And um, so, yeah, that was in 78, and I was like, what, 17? And that was during a, an explosion of brilliant concerts in New York. That was at Madison Square Garden in um, June, I think, of that year. And uh, unforgettable thing. That was a concert to never forget. And fortunately, anybody can hear it just by listening to the live album Stage by David Bowie. How did you come to find out that David Bowie existed? I think it's an interesting story. Oh, yeah, you, you've heard my mixtape, and you know about that. Well, yeah, <laughs> I grew up in a city. Uh, sorry, I feel like I've told this already, but I haven't. It was on the mixtape. I grew up in a city, and we were listening to you know certain you know stuff, uh, my older siblings. But when we moved out to the suburbs, and I was about 11 or 12, and the kids out there were into a lot of different stuff, all kinds of glam, Alice Cooper and uh, David Bowie and everything. And that really just... I think the first thing I heard by Bowie was his cover album, Pinups, uh, where he does none of his original stuff. And uh, all songs from that era when he was playing in uh, England there, like The Who and The Kinks and Pink Floyd. And it's just a phenomenal record. And uh, I just, who is this man? He was just ingenious. And it was only a few years later that I ended up seeing him uh, during a, a spate of uh, legendary concerts in New York at that time. And it was a great time to be, uh, to be a kid, uh, to be a teenager growing up with the best music there ever has been. And being an old goat, uh, at least I have some good memories uh, while I'm rocking on my porch here. So... Uh. <laughs> well, we're going to hear about many, many more of your phenomenal concerts. I have some as well, but not quite as momentous and legendary as yours. But uh, yeah, we'll be expecting to hear more concerts to crow about from you in the future. Then we're on to song number seven by a band called Ruben Bedez. The song's name is David. Yes, I picked this one for you, David. He is from Nashville, Tennessee. He's a singer, songwriter, folk artist. I do hear a little bit of rock in this particular tune as well. You can find him at Ruben, R-E-U-B-E-N-B-I-D-E-Z dot com. This song did a lot to me. This song is just... Uh, it's gripping. The immediate guitar rhythms grabbed me. Then the vocals, uh, the vocals, they are soul, they're rock, they're Americana, they're folk, and there's so much more. There are harmonies and the melodies that gave me something I didn't even know I needed. And the hook is masterful. This soulful and driving song will affect you in unexpected ways. Here is David.
So that takes us to our next feature, a new feature called Cinema Calling, and that's C-A-W-L-I-N-G. I just don't want their humor to be lost. Call, calling. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I should have just had you do that. That was well, well done, well played. So for this feature, we share how music enhances or detracts from movies. I have one where I feel that it really, really adds. And David, I'm going to ask you to weigh in after I share this. So the movie is Forrest Gump, and the year was 1994. The setting is 1950s to 1980s. Lead actor and actresses were Tom Hanks, Robin Wright, and Sally Field, directed by Robert Zemeckis. And the soundtrack was nothing short of perfection. So it perfectly captured the spirit of the time, the state of the world, and the emotion and feeling of each scene. Listen to some of these titles, David. Sweet Home Alabama, Running on Empty, Against the Wind, Joy to the World, Aquarius Let the Sunshine In, Break on Through, Rainy Day Woman, Number 12 and 35, Fortunate Son, Blowing in the Wind, Hound Dog, Need I Go On? amazing music that really told the story and walked you from one era to the next and really really without any of this music i really don't think that this movie would be as powerful as it is i really love this movie but i will tell you the music is one of the most memorable things of course the acting was brilliant of course the story was amazing but the music the music makes everything so for me in this movie as it does in so many others it absolutely adds and enhances the film. David, what say you? 
Well, a, a film that spans decades in the life of a character uh, would it would be almost criminal to not have well-known radio hits that anybody can relate to from that era and not all I mean as far as authenticity I mean if they were around music would be playing somewhere and that's what it would be you know they wouldn't be you wouldn't have Forrest Gump in the Vietnam War and have uh, Roddy Rich or uh, <laughs> <coughs> or the weekend playing on the radio you would be hearing the doors you'd be hearing Creedence Clearwater Revival and this soundtrack is absolutely stunning there's some interesting little trivia because I love credits and trivia and little ties between things um, and some of the soundtrack uh, songs have little interesting little tidbits about them like well Sweet Home Alabama uh, classic 70s southern rock um, the uh, band uh, called out Neil Young and uh, we're taking quite a chance in doing that but uh, he was impressed with it and uh, Joy to the World Three Dog Night written by an actor named Hoyt a- out singer songwriter recording artist and actor you might know from Gremlins and from the Black Stallion Hoyt Axton who also wrote Never Been to Spain another hit for Three Dog Night the No No Song for Ringo Starr the Pusher for Steppenwolf uh, a lot of uh, a lot of hit songs from this unassuming looking country singer and that one's on the soundtrack too um, it's a great uh, Credence of course had to be on there uh, and Joan Baez had to be on there The Doors yeah. Jackson Brown I mean I even the birds Turn 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 was there The Fifth Dimension I can't imagine these songs not being there even Jackie DeShannon was on it I mean every single song was perfection it was put in the right place it conveyed the right emotion it conveyed the era and it told the story along with the actors and actresses so <laughs> on to song number six a group that uh, Christina discovered for us called White Lightning with a song called Hope now, this is a band out of Canada that they describe themselves as energetic modern rock that will make you dance, thrash, weep, and inspire fence sitters to be world changers. That's an interesting, uh, interesting mission statement there. I like that. And this uh, this song has a cool U2 kind of a feel to it. But I listened to several more of theirs, and I'm really impressed. They have they do have quite a range, and their music is, is very powerful. So dig this tune by White Lightning from Canada. And did I say Canada already? From Yes. Yeah. Dig this tune by White Lightning. Hope. It's 
And that was White Lightning, and you can find them at whitelightningmusic.com. As you might imagine, there's a lot of White Lightning stuff out there, but White Lightning Music, and um, you can get them on Reverb Nation as well, and like I said, whitelightningmusic.com. Perfect. Well, that takes us to song number five, and song number five is by a band called Good Luck Jane, and the song title is Jane. Hmm. <laughs> I actually really found that to be cute. They are from Chicago, Illinois. They are alternative pop rock. And uh, you can find them at Good Luck Jane Rock. So don't forget the rock or you won't be able to find them. The acoustic guitar in this song is the perfect backdrop for this delightfully poppy tune. Now, I'm a lover of male pop vocals, and this does not disappoint. I enjoy the sweet, uplifting melody, but it hides a bittersweet song about the love of Jane. It's a classic song about how the love you've been seeking may be right in front of you. So take a listen to this really sweet but bittersweet tune, Jane. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, David. She packs her heart in her pillow. 
pillowcase She rides through the streets under the sheets Just to run away And she's on her way
So our next feature is Raven or Nevermore. For this feature, we weigh in on current events and trends in popular music. Is it something we are raving about or do we want to hear about it? Nevermore. Now the topic this week, David, are you ready? Are you sitting down? Are you braced? Are you fucking just ready to hear this shit? Oh, yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, new inductees. So this is the 35th annual class of inductees and they include Depeche Mode, the Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Nine Inch Nails, The Notorious B.I.G., T-Rex, and John Landau. Now, those are the ones that made it. Let's talk for a second about the ones that didn't make it. And then we will have an open discussion about whether we are raving about the inductees or whether we are like, uh, they should not have been added, nevermore. And then we'll talk about the ones that didn't make it. So artists that didn't make it, Pat Benatar, Dave Matthews Band, Judas Priest, Kraftwerk, MC5, Motorhead, Rufus featuring Chaka Khan, Todd Rundgren, Soundgarden, and Thin Lizzy. So, I definitely have lots of thoughts about the inductees and those that did not make it. So, shall we start with Depeche Mode, David? Let's start there and work our way down the inductee list and talk about whether we're in or we're out. Of course, you know I'm a huge lover of Depeche Mode. They're brilliant. They are the soundscape of my childhood. I remember just sitting there talking to my friends till like four in the morning. And I know that's shocking to you and to everyone who knows I'm a night owl. Talking to them till four in the morning, listening to Depeche Mode violently was always playing in the background always always and it really set the mood this you know kind of angsty but very cool and you know kind of powerful music so for me Depeche Mode is absolutely classic they are incredible they have really just shattered some boundaries as far as electronic music so I am raving about Depeche Mode being added where are you? Well, I, I'm not raving, but I'm certainly not nevermore. I, I'm, I totally accept and tolerate, and I'm not kicking against their induction. No, I, I'm, yeah, totally not raving, but I am in favor of that, yes. You know, I define rock and roll very, very loosely, but nobody defines it as loosely as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame does. <laughs> I mean, I don't get it. I mean, there are many halls of fame. I mean, Elvis is in four at least, uh, country, rock and roll, rockabilly, gospel, I mean, why are there has to be an R&B Hall of Fame? Why some of these people are in there, I don't know. But Depeche Mode, yeah, I can see it, and I have no problem. I was trying to look up the criteria. What do they consider for induction? What do you get? You know, I, I heard I read someplace that, that you'd have to have started your career 25 years ago, uh, at least, yes. and that's that's an easy one because 25 years is not long, at least not in my life. I mean, I know it's a long time to you, but um, <laughs> they uh, this is from their page. It says they honor honoring performers, songwriters, and producers who have changed the course of music history. And I don't think uh, a lot of bands that were very successful did that. They were just successful. They, they didn't reinvent the wheel or anything. These artists have dedicated their lives to creating influential, important, I would argue with that, infused with originality and have achieved a level of timeless distinction. And then another page for the performers says, honoring bands or solo artists which demonstrate musical excellence. Uh, such a descriptor includes but isn't limited to uh, perform other performers or genres. Oh, what the hell? What's the point of calling it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame then? Length and depth of career... Uh, oh, it says oh, influence on other performers or genres. Okay, without leaving rock and roll, which plenty of these acts are not. Length and depth of the career and catalog, stylistic innovations and superior technique and skills. I think a lot of the inductees don't have that, but we just love them, even though they didn't necessarily reinvent the wheel. But Depeche Mode was original, fresh, and uh, there's nothing about them I object to their induction at all. Who's next? Well... 
So next are the Doobie Brothers. Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> the Doobie Brothers are definitely indelible. They are absolutely somebody that should have been inducted. I mean, they have nothing but classic hits. I I mean, I, I can't think of a time where I, I wasn't aware of Doobie Brothers music. So I'm absolutely raving about their induction, and it's about fucking time. Yeah, Doobie Brothers, I mean... Nobody questions this is a classic rock and roll band, a staple of radio, a staple of our lives, the backdrop of our lives. And Doobie Brothers is one of those because we attempted in our little basement and laundry room bands to try to play some of their stuff, like uh, Long Train Running, LOL, and um, China Grove. We love to play China Grove, even though we sucked mm. ass, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Doobie's Raven, 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 absolutely. Well, the next on the list is Whitney Houston. So, hmm, Whitney Houston, not rock and roll. She had that one song, the one song, the Queen of the Night song. Right. Otherwise, there was no rock and roll, but she definitely was, I'd say, you know, somebody who was a trailblazer at the time. She did a lot of things that other artists weren't doing. And, um, you know, she obviously followed in the footsteps of many R&B artists before, but was doing it in a different way with a voice that is unlike any other voice I've ever heard. And she's absolutely stunningly beautiful. And just, you know, I mean, you can hear all the gospel influences in it. I mean, just absolutely beautiful stuff. Um, May not be everyone's cup of tea because, again, as we talked about before, pop is not everyone's cup of tea, but it is mine. I'm down with it. So I am all about Whitney being um, inducted, though she is not rock and roll. I'm happy that she's being recognized for her contribution to music. Well, I'm all about, I mean, Whitney is great. I love her music. Her stuff is genuinely good. And like a good uh, and versatile vocalist, uh, she could do hard rock like Queen of the Night. Janis Jackson did some killer hard rock like Black Cat and Scream. But um, I I totally don't think she belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at all. Nobody would call her rock and roll. I think that's a just a huge stretch that's that's basically rendering the term meaningless but uh she's a great artist and of course she should be recognized and enshrined someplace just not here so i understand but since there is no other place for her that i'm aware of at this time i'm happy that she's being recognized by some entity and be it the rock and roll hall of fame or another one i'm just grateful that they're recognizing that contribution next nine inch nails Nine Inch Nails, I am a huge fan of Nine Inch Nails. Trent Reznor is nothing if not completely and totally cutting edge and pioneering and changed the landscape of music forever and had music that was very controversial and very timely and, I mean, moving and it it made you angry and it made you think and it made you feel and it made you all kinds of things. So for me, I really think that Trent Reznor should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, absolutely, even though this is more electric again kind of you know if we're thinking about Depeche Mode being more electronic and we're thinking of Trent Reznor being more electronic but he is still very cutting edge very rock and roll and I do think this is a great ad I am absolutely Raven I am over the moon well it is rock music certainly I mean you know the heavy guitars and stuff I mean so yeah it, it, it at least qualifies and I'm not a huge fan or anything, honestly. I my part of my dead friend record collection. I got a uh, the Downward Spiral uh, Nine Inch Nails and listened to that because I I had not internalized the Spotify thing for only till very recently. So I listened to that and because I'd rather listen to a physical medium anytime. And eh, it got dull pretty fast. I was oh that's good that's good okay now you're boring the shit out of me. So I, I it wore out <laughs> on me. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, 
influential and popular, no doubt. And I have no problem with the induction of this of him at all of uh, the band of Trent Reznor at all. So that makes sense to me, which is not always the case. That's true. It is not always the case. <laughs> like, sadly, the notorious B.I.G., who was our next inductee. Now, I'm going to say it. I am a hip hop fan. I'm OK with hip hop. I'm OK with R&B. I'm OK with rap. But I'm more old school now. The Notorious B.I.G. was old school as far as 90s go, and he did have really great hits like Hypnotize. Obviously, that was just classic for for that particular genre. More Money, More Problems, you know, uh, Notorious Things, all those kind of things. So really, really great songs, but not rock and roll in any way. And for me, even though I respect Notorious B.I.G. and I respect the genre of music, I'm I'm never more on this one. Well, good because there is uh, I looked up there is an R and B Hall of Fame where uh, Whitney Houston certainly belongs. She put a statue over the thing, but she doesn't belong. And, and B I G there is a Hip Hop Hall of Fame too. Why are all these acts? I mean, would would Led Zeppelin be in the Hip Hop Hall of Fame? No. Then why is Notorious B I G in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It's not. It's genres. It's different genres altogether. Uh, so I'm totally never more on this one. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but uh, I, I hope that that uh, the induction means something to the people that love the Notorious B.I.G. And again, it's all about the recognition, and it's all about you know them saying that yes, this person was influential, this person made a difference in music, and he did. It's just probably not the right place. Although, again, based on what you read, it, it's kind of, it says rock and roll, but it really is a hodgepodge. So that's unfortunate because when I see hear rock and roll, I do, you know, it, it, I do think Queen, I do think Led Zeppelin, I do think The Doors, I don't think Notorious B.I.G. Well, yeah, look at the bands that didn't make it. I mean, Pat Benatar, uh, you might not be a fan of Judas Priest, but they're a rock band. I mean, they're a rock and roll band. Motorhead, Motor Frigging Head, Soundgarden, Thin Lizzy. I mean, come on, you know, uh, that didn't make it. Uh, that's just, I don't know. That's just nuts to me. But uh, just here, heartbreaking. Comes, here comes one. I would, I would not expect anybody anywhere to protest the next one. T-Rex. Absolutely not. I mean, come on. Uh, I, I, do I need to say more than just bang a gong? I'm just going to go there. Just let's just start there. But I mean, so many amazing hits spanning many, many years. Um, many, even, even think of like, I mean, I just, I'm thinking of things like Mambo Sun. I'm thinking the Groover, Cosmic Dancer. I mean, like I'm all over the place. Like I'm thinking of tons of songs absolutely should be inducted, should have been inducted before. I mean, they're well over 25 years old. So definitely way, way overdue. So absolutely 100% Raven for T-Rex. Yeah. Mark Bolin is just such a legend. I mean, uh, T-Rex songs are just the, the style. I mean, this is just purely distilled rock and roll the, the style the music the vocal the fashion he was just a he's, he's a rock he's a rock demigod I mean he's just a, I love that band I love everything they did I was so delighted when uh, Cherie Curry of the Runaways got together with Bree Darling and they put out a, an album of uh, mostly covers but a few originals uh, that they included uh, a lesser known T-Rex song which was the title of the album The Motivator ah oh, it was just just a great Great songwriter. I never, and he never gets old. I love Mark Bowen T Rex. So, Raven, Raven, I just can't believe it wasn't done sooner. Exactly. 
And that's the case for a lot of artists. They finally, quote, finally get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm glad they get there. I just wish they would have got there before so they could enjoy it for longer and their fans could have felt like, hey, finally, this amazing artist that probably changed their life. Certainly many of these are life-changing for me. Finally got recognized. Another person, this person, not a band or a musician, inducted is John Landau. So this is very interesting. Many people may not know, uh, just by saying the name, who John Landau is. So he is an American music critic, manager, and record producer who is most known for working with Bruce Springsteen. But other artists he worked with are uh, Jackson Brown, Natalie Merchant, and Shania Twain. Um, He's also been responsible for liner notes for uh, Aretha Franklin's albums and Otis Redding albums, and also Wilson Pickett. So he consequently (laughs) is head of the nominating committee for the rock and roll hall of fame which seems a little bit to me like i don't know conflict of interest but who am i yeah it seemed like he could kind of recuse himself from that one you know (laughs) probably i'm assuming he didn't nominate himself although he does seem to have many many critical ties to music specifically around the bruce springsteen arena which we talked about last time i am not a bruce springsteen fan although i do understand and appreciate the contribution that he has made to music and how much his music means to so many people and obviously john landau had a lot to do with that and was very pivotal in that so i'm raving for him because of his ties to music and because of how strong it is i'm never more because he's on the nominating committee so i'm kind of i'm a little bit of both but i do think he probably belongs there although i again i just wish there was a an entity that just recognized musicians and didn't recognize people that contributed to the musicians careers because i just want there to be a focus on the musicians for once in our fucking lives but who am i he does belong there he did contribute and he did help so i'm raven slash nevermore because of his uh inappropriate ties to <laughs> the committee yeah i think it is i think it is fitting and uh, this is uh something else i found on the uh the rock and roll the, the website is rockhall.com and uh they do have an award the Ahmet erdogan award honoring songwriters producers disc jockeys record execs journalists and other industry professionals and it's true producers alone you think about legendary producers who have absolutely changed sounds and influenced bands to put out some of our favorite records like Bob Ezrin, a fantastic producer, Quincy Jones, so many uh, producers that have really, George Martin, for heaven's sakes, George Martin. Ahmet Erdogan, uh, who the award is named after, his name is known to me because it was a, 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 ben- a tribute concert to him that reunited Led Zeppelin to play at the O2 Arena in London in 2007. So uh, whoever he is, he's a big deal because Led Zeppelin played in his honor. So, And we got that phenomenal live album album and video out of it as well so yeah i'm all for producers being recognized and everything would be nice more music and more rock and roll music too but uh well it's we can dismiss the hall of fame all we want "Ah, that's bullshit it's bullshit but you know what it's nice when somebody gets in and you go yeah and it would be nice to be inducted people can sneer at grammys and oscars and things all they want but when they get one you know it feels good (laughs) it's like Absolutely. The, my main problem, and I agree with everything you just said, David, which I know is rare, but I did. I agreed with everything. 
is just that that means by inducting somebody who wasn't a musician, you know, then they took away from another musician being inducted. That's my problem with it. Yeah. That means that we didn't get Chaka (laughs) Khan in there. We didn't get Dave Matthews. We didn't get Judas Priest. We didn't get Soundgarden because we had to recognize somebody who contributed to music, but didn't actually make music and that, you know, make music in the way that they're a musician. Don't, I'm not dismissing it. That kind of stuff is what bothers me and why I wish there was a little more separation. Yeah, well, without the artist, there's nothing. I mean, you don't have anything. It's just like without the uh, without the writer, without the screenwriter, you don't have anything. You don't have a movie. Without the artist, you don't have a music industry. You don't have uh, and, you know this whole Hall of Fame thing. And they have inducted people who have influenced rock music, even though they strictly weren't like Hank Williams. Uh, Hank Williams was had a real rock... Uh, it was country, but it was rock and roll, too, and his songs have been covered by any number of rock and roll artists artists so uh, he certainly i have no beef with that but when you get to like hip-hop and stuff it just it just doesn't seem to to fit uh, there are different halls of fame but uh you can look up anything you want to find there uh just out of curiosity rockhall.com all right which takes us to number four a group called easy basic from budapest hungary the home of my my homeboy bela lugosi uh, and the you want to check them out. They, apparently on Reverb Nation, they only have seven fans so far. So they must have just started putting stuff up or they're not lesser known, which is why we come along and, uh, and give them a little push. Uh, uh, and they have one song only on the Reverb Nation page, but they're really promising. This one right here is a hit waiting to happen. It has a kind of a classic new wave Brit pop feel, lots of youthful energy, and a kinetic and distinctly ska-like rhythm, and it gets to you from the start, and that's not easy to do. So I gotta hand it to him. Good tune, only one so far, but keep your eyes on Easy Basic, and this one is called May.
So that takes us to our next feature, hell yes or oh hell no. So for this feature, we consider bands and determine whether we are in or out. We also ask you to weigh in. We want to know what you think. And we actually asked you what you thought of Van Halen. Are you Diamond Dave? Are you Sammy Hagar? Are you both? Are you none? And boy, did the votes come flooding in, just kind of like when we did Kiss. They just kept coming in. And there is a clear winner, although the margin was very, very small. You ready for this, David? I'm ready. Bring it. David Lee Roth was the most beloved uh, version, if you will, of Van Halen, followed by both. There was a lot of votes for both. And then bringing up the rear is my beloved Sammy Hagar. (laughs) So (laughs) I love them both, but I will tell you, I I just cannot get enough of Sammy Hagar's voice. I think he added something that was completely different and changed it in a way that made sense to me. And again, no disrespect to Diamond Dave. Brilliant guy. Loved what he did. And talk about sexual feminine energy. I mean, is... It could not be more David Lee Roth in the 80s. Just He was just oozing with femininity and sexuality and all of that. So he was absolutely brilliant. And obviously, you know, fast forward, what Sammy brought was something different and brought kind of that, what I keep calling a rock opera voice, that just, oh, the unbeatable sound that he brought, just that vocal and the intensity and the, the rockiness, it just elevated it for me. So I am I'm definitely both, but I will say I'm probably a little bit more Team Sammy Hagar, but clearly I'm in the minority. <laughs> well, now you know what it's like to be in the minority, because I've been there. With, with, well, actually, Kiss wasn't that much of a minority, but Alice in Chains, I wasn't a minority. I was I was an island. I was one. You know, I was a, a man without a country. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised to find that you like Van Halen at all, because for some reason, I figured they would be too pedestrian to appeal to a, a snob, like, I mean, a, a discerning person like you. <laughs> oh, shit. You better MFWA the shit out of that. I'm, I'm immediately invoking the MFWA. <laughs> oh, shit. We may still have to have a conversation. I'm not sure. <laughs> I was dying to say that. <laughs> but um, you know what I love now, being a, a slightly uh, more mature person than than you are. Um, Van Halen came out when I was in high school, uh, right around the same time as the Cars. New bands coming out. Here I am, a kid still in school, totally crazed with rock and roll, twenty four hours a day. And along comes Van Halen, and the first album is so dark and dangerous looking. The the images on it and the songs, you know, running with the devil, ain't talking about love. Um, Atomic punk. I mean, this this is just. But you know, these guys are so. They had too much personality to waste on that. They're like the Beatles. They're too much charm to waste on this glowering and scowling dark imagery. And they just lifted up the mask and said, "Hey, we're here. We're we're having fun. We're here to entertain you." And we got some of the funniest and most entertaining, uh, witty music videos of the early '80s. And uh, that was a medium in which they really shone. And then, of course, David Lee Roth solo, like Just a Gigolo. I mean, what a ham, you know. Uh, Dave, <laughs> Dave TV, all Dave, all night, you know. Uh, just great stuff. But the music, Van Halen's music, I do have a slight preference for Roth, but I will say, and not because he was first, but 
you have made me consider the uh, Sammy Hagar uh, rendition of Anne Hagar, and I have listened. I, you know, there were always a couple of singles that were notable, and songs where yeah, it's pretty good. It just doesn't sound like Van Halen. But when you listen to the albums, as I did this week since the last show, last two weeks, I listened to all of the Van Hagar albums, and I am a new devotee. They are absolutely great, and the singles are good stuff. And it's it takes on a slightly different tenor with him as a, a lead singer and songwriter will do. You know, lyricist and everything. But a lot of it, the deep cuts are really brilliant, and they do sound total Van Halen. You could picture Dave singing them. I mean, this is classic Van Halen, as well as uh, some stuff that only is there because of Sammy Hagar's influence. So I love the new, uh, the second Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. A slight preference for Dave, but you have really opened my eyes to that, and I recommend listeners who have kind of dismissed Van Hagar to give them a listen, because they are excellent. They truly are. So I'm hell yeah on both. Oh, and a respondent made a very interesting comment, and I, I gotta concur with this. He said, uh, Dave in the studio, but Sammy live. And he's got a point, because Sammy Hagar live is just gonna be Sammy Hagar. He's just gonna do it exactly the way you expect, you know? Uh, very strong, and his vocal range is really impressive, and you'll hear that when you listen to the albums through, and you get a lot of the, the deep stuff of Van Halen's uh, tenure with him, and uh, he is really quite an excellent vocalist. He can roar, but he can get low and, uh, and smooth and badass, and I just love it. Uh, I just love his stuff uh, with Van Halen. It's actually his, it's my favorite Sammy Hagar work now, whereas I had preferred some of his other stuff before that, Montrose and the solo. But um, a respondent said, Dave Studio, Sammy Live, but David Lee Roth came back and recorded an album with the band in 2012 called A Different Kind of Truth, and it's great. It's great stuff. And they did a tour, which not surprisingly was successful. But they recorded an album in Japan, a live album, and what the hell is David Lee Roth doing? I simply don't know. He can sing the songs. I mean, nobody expects a 20-year-old to sound like a 60-year-old to sound like a 20-year-old. But he can still sing. He can do the songs. He did an album. And the, he's just making these atonal noises on stage instead of singing the songs. And what he, the noises he's making are actually more difficult than just plain singing. And every once in a while he gets it right, but the band sounds phenomenal. But Dave is just kind of wrecking the whole thing a little bit. Hmm. As much as, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not awful, but he could do so much better. Uh, so, yeah, I, Sammy Live, you can at least count on him to sing. But studio-wise, uh, I definitely uh, got to give it to Dave a little bit. And I love the reunion album, uh, Different Kind of Truth. It's good stuff. Very good stuff. Some of his uh, best writing, uh, some good lyric writing by Dave. And uh, it's just a great band record. And Eddie, of course, <laughs> burning things up uh, like never before. Great stuff. Well, that was a really, really great one to do because it really showed a lot of, well, brought everybody out. I mean, everybody came out of the word work and just wanted to weigh in on this and very strong feelings. And you know what I thought was very interesting, though, David, is that not one person said anything about Eddie Van Halen. And, you know, I've noticed a lot of people go right to Eddie Van Halen, like he is the only thing in Van Halen that is a standout. So I love that our listeners and our respondents were very, very conscientious about focusing on whether it's Dave or Sammy that they prefer. So I really appreciated that and I thought it was a really, really great poll. We have a really great one coming up this time and uh, it'll be interesting to see what people say, but we'll be revealing that shortly, not yet. Well, yes, the question was phrased clearly enough where they knew it was a choice between Dave and Sammy and the different versions. However, as I stated, uh, I think it was last time, wherever Eddie goes, that's Van Halen to me, just like Tony Iommi and Black Sabbath. 
but um, I do prefer. And at first is not always best. It just isn't. Um, uh, people say, oh, well, uh, Dave is uh, the best Van Halen because he was my first. Eh, that's not necessarily true. Uh, my first ACDC singer is not my favorite. My first James Bond is not my favorite. Uh, so I, um, it's just Dave does a slightly better job, but they're both excellent, i got to say. All right, and here we are with song number three with a group, another group from Canada. Great name, Thrill of Falling. Now, you're not going to forget that one right away, I'm sure, and that's the whole point of a name, and it's a great one. Thrill of Falling is more than your average rock band, in their own words, which I'm using here. I love this kind of promotion. It's like, we're good and we know it. Uh, They invite uh, fans to join them on a life-changing journey as they push the boundaries of rock with explosive sound, incredible musicianship, and extraordinary talent, if we do say so ourselves, and good for you. If you got it, just push it. Inspired by everything from relationships to the comforts of the nightlife, gotta love that nightlife, which is temporarily shut down, unfortunately. The band's music comes from a desire to be anything but ordinary. And I gotta say, their blend of new metal and alternative rock from the 90s uh, has resulted in a sound that's been compared to acts such as Soundgarden and a couple of shit bands which don't even deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence as them. And I can totally see the Soundgarden influence. You know, so many bands will ruin a good guitar lick with a lame-ass effect like molasses going in your ear and Alice in Chains, but not Thrill of Falling. They really... (laughs) Every fucking time. Every fucking time. That's right. That's right. But um, you can hear them at CD Baby and Reverb Nation. So here is terrific Canadian group Thrill of Falling with a song called... April.
which makes it time for History Strikes Back. In this feature, we travel back in time to a particular year to review bands, music, charts, and pop culture for a randomly selected year. And the randomly selected year this time was 1993. Now, we have already had 1965 and 1971. And, of course, there's always the good, the bad, and the ugly. Although, as history marches on, there's a lot less good and a lot more bad and ugly. But uh, 1993, I was... uh, Strapped in a car on the whole family kids Chuck E. Cheese roller coaster, so my finger was less on the pulse of the popular culture and more on the diaper bag. But I do recall uh, some of these uh, high-ranking films of the year. Jurassic Park, Mrs. Doubtfire, Schindler's List, The Firm, and Philadelphia. Oh, Sleepless in Seattle, who could forget? And... The Philadelphia are some of the top films. New television shows that premiered that year. The Nanny. Uh-huh. Yep. The Goddess <laughs> The Goddess Friend and a great ensemble cast. And I am not ashamed to say that I have that series on DVD, bitches. Um, X-Files. Walker, Texas Ranger. Mr. Chuck Norris. Frasier. NYPD Blue. Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. And most significantly, from a cultural standpoint... Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) (laughs) And notable music events. Cream reunited for a performance at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame we were just talking about. Induction ceremony Mm. in Los Angeles. Other inductees included. Now, see? They knew. Creedence Clearwater Revival. Ruth Brown, Uh, The Doors, Van Morrison, and Sly and the Family Stone. See, they used to know it. Oh, my God. They used to know it. And Sly and the Family Stone uh, is R&B, but with a distinctly rock and roll uh, vibe to them. So, yeah, I think they they absolutely warrant it as well. Top-selling albums of the year. The Bodyguard soundtrack with Whitney Houston, Queen of the Night, Mm. which we're talking about. Kenny G, Breathless, Eric Clapton, the iconic Unplugged. Uh, Mm. Janet Jackson, Janet. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, Dr. Dre, The Chronic, Spin Doctors, Pearl Jam, Boo Hiss, Garth Brooks, Stone, <laughs> T- Stone Temple Pilots, Boo Hiss. Uh, oh, my God. Some top hits, <laughs> right? Some top Classic hits. fucking grunge people. That's what those are. And you know what? I'm recognizing it. Classic grunge. And he knows not what he speaks about. And that's okay. We'll, well forgive him. Uh, we'll forgive him. They were yeah, popular. He said, okay. Talking yeah. shit about Alice in Chains. Talking shit. This, this was the music of the 90s, my friend. So, but whatever. Stone Temple Pilot doesn't deserve to be the music of anything, really. Okay. Uh, some notable hits besides Queen of the Night. Are You Gonna Go My Way? Oh, timeless, timeless. Lenny oh. Kravitz. And, uh-oh, Christina, don't get verklempt on me here. Okay. Oh, okay. You're gonna get verklempt. Uh, uh, I'm some, getting verklempt. Somebody to Love Live with Queen and George Michael. Michael. Oh, Ooh. my George Michael. Oh, wait a minute. Just a moment. I must pour some cold water on myself. I am the biggest George Michael fan of all time. Love him. Oh, my God. Can't believe he's not here anymore. Holy what? shit. Love that rendition. Tell me you didn't love that, David. Oh, Tell me that was not incredible. Fantastic rendition. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, of course, George Michael's uh, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, Elton John. Oh, oh. my God. Come, Come on. on. Come on. I can't on. even handle myself right now. I'm getting a little verklempt, David. I'm getting a little Somebody tell. I, I, I'm getting a little verklempt, too. Somebody tell me that wasn't great. Just dare to tell me that wasn't great. Dare. I, I fucking shit. dare you. you I fucking dare you. That's not great. <laughs> and there's okay. no MFWA for that shit. That's no, just no, bullshit. No, no, no. That's beyond. Uh, that's not covered. That is not covered. No, not covered. Okay. Heart-shaped box by Nirvana. Yeah. 
All right. Hey, Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg. Nothing but a G thing, babe. Hell yeah. Really, when I think about it, that song kind of describes us doing the show. Two loped out G's <laughs> going crazy. Yeah. That's correct. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Come on. Here we are. Come on. Two loped out G's going crazy on the radio. That's okay. correct. Mr. Meatloaf, who uh, I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that, won a Grammy Best Rock Male Vocal that year. Right on, babe. Damn. Your favorite group, Ace of Bass, all that she wants. Um, uh, R.E.M. <laughs> a strong turn from R.E.M., I gotta say. Man on the Moon. Um, oh. uh, Grammys that year. Sting. Mr. Sting, we were talking about uh, last time, uh, be- or one of these times. Best Pop Vocal Performance, If I Ever Lose My Faith in You. Ah, yes. Tony Bennett. Now, Tony Bennett's been around since, like, the 20s, you know, the best traditional pop male vocal. Not sure what the distinction is what? there. Traditional <laughs> pop male vocal versus what, you know, non traditional pop male vocal. But <laughs> right. uh, it's interesting how he came to uh, a new popularity with a, with a generation, several generations past his own, through his association with groups like the Red Hot Chili Peppers and later Lady Gaga. So Tony Bennett is mm. back and a thing big time again. Uh, other winners, of course, uh, included Ozzy Osbourne, Aerosmith, Ray Charles, Whitney Houston, Natalie Cole. Obviously, they still had some grasp back then on what talent was. <laughs> yes, they did. Country was coming on strong and beginning to work its insidious voodoo over the music scene. Uh, though Garth Brooks, who I really like, was still huge. Same with hip-hop, which was good at the time, but each would start a downward trajectory and devolve into the gelatinous and utterly bland swill that they are today. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, 1993 well, was certainly the interesting, even though if it was the beginning of the end. Oh, my God. Well, I have to tell you, strangely, I do actually really love Garth Brooks as well. been a fan since I can remember. Um, I think he's that crossover talent. He really is. He's that, that pop country thing that I really was starting to hate, but I really think that he pulled it off, and he's absolutely brilliant artist. Yeah, he is. He's uh, absolutely... I had... Uh, I had at least three of his albums at one point. I still have one. He's a wonderful art singer-songwriter, and he can really move you. He's a little tiny bit too country, but... Oh, and I also have his... Um, I think I mentioned this. His Chris Gaines album, his alter ego rock album. Uh, good stuff, man. He's a, he's a great artist. So, yeah, and uh, he's... Uh, it wasn't all bad back then. We had some good stuff, as we have seen. So, but the, the downward slide began about that point uh, in the 90s. So, but uh, yep, 1993, the year in music, television, and movies. History strikes back. Now you know what you little kitties were missing, but it's still out there. Go check out some of these movies and TV shows and music. That takes us to song number two with a band called Lost for Thoughts. I love the name of that band. And a song that is my namesake, Christina. They are from Canada as well. So this three Canadians, I think, on our countdown this week. So we are certainly international, and we also had the entry of Hungary. Uh, This is a rock funk grunge band, and that really spoke to me. I like that all three of those are represented, and they're brilliantly represented in this song. So what I really like is how this song starts sparse and then settles into a mellow groove. I like the raw rock and grunge vocal stylings of the vocalist. The chorus is grunge magic, and it Please, and it's urgent, which is very indicative of the 90s music, especially the grunge era. It drops out and highlights the vocals and the lyrics. Then the perfectly distorted guitar kicks back in before fading out, leaving you to wonder if he ever gets the help he begs to receive. This is Lost for Thoughts with Christina.
find Lost for Thoughts and that track and many others at Reverb Nation at Lost for Thoughts. Oh, and I want to commend you for finding a song with your name in it that didn't involve coat hangers and Joan Crawford. Uh, <laughs> you know how difficult that was. <laughs> I, 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 it must difficult. have been. It really must have been. 
I combed through at least a dozen Christina songs before I found one that wasn't about Joan Crawford and her horrible treatment of her daughter, Christina. So yes, I no wire hangers for me. I'm so out. And I don't even like Comet. You know, I'm not even into Comet anymore after I watched that movie. But yeah, so thank you. Yes, it was a very, very difficult task, but uh, I have done it. Yeah, it just didn't want you to think it was thankless because I know I, I can totally imagine what you, you know, what you went through to find that. All right, and then yeah. there's another song, which you're also going to introduce, I believe. Is it number one already? It is number one. And so I will tell you, David, this time, it is a different kind of song at number one. This is a song by Hannah and Maggie, and it's called Sarah. Hannah and Maggie Hale from New York, New York. What up, New York? And they are folk singer-songwriter. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the press around. They are commended as the blue-eyed soul of folk and a flawless continuation of the singer-songwriter tradition. They are most compared to the Indigo Girls and Simon and Garfunkel. They have crystal clear harmonies and heartfelt acoustic arrangements. That's what the press says about them. For me... The acoustic guitar is the perfect opening for this song, and then it's elevated with the entrance of a cello. Mm. It sets the mood, and it prepares you for the purest vocal harmonies heard since Simon and Garfunkel. This is such a heartbreakingly beautiful song that chronicles a breakup that has the narrator begging Sarah to show her mercy. It is so moving and gut-wrenching with beautiful moments of musical resolution that lead you to think that Sarah might stay. She does not. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! (laughs) Please enjoy this beautiful, amazing, and just unlike anything else I've ever heard tune called Sarah by Hannah and Maggie. Please love 
And that was Hannah and Maggie with Sarah. You can find them at hannahandmaggie.com. They have lots more music, and it's just as beautiful. Fantastic. And next time again, damn it, you did that notebook shit on us. Uh, hanky warning. Okay. <laughs> All right, which brings us to uh, the upcoming theme. Already we're coming to bring... Uh, the, the Sorrow is just on our doorstep, but for now I'm going to introduce the next theme, the theme for the next episode, which is really, haha, not a theme at all. It's Free Bird. Now that's something you don't want to yell out at a concert. Free Bird, unless you happen to be seeing Leonard Skitter, and they kind of expect it, but everybody else it's just going to piss them off. However, we're saying Free Bird to you, which means you can send in song submissions from any genre, any song. So that will require even less brain work than we put you through last time. So just anything. If it's a song, send it. And uh, there has been a demand for some open submission calls. And since we listen to our audience and we are your humble, abject servants and obsequious, bootlicking toadies, uh, we are doing one of what may be many Freebird submissions. So just send us a song. There you go. That was easy. That brings us to Parting is Such Sweet Sorrow. <laughs> that was pretty easy. <laughs> and this time in the show, we give you homework for our feature, Hell Yes or Oh Hell No. This time it is a David-selected artist, Frank Zappa. Hell yes or oh hell no? We'll tell you what we think in two weeks, and we want to know what you think, so feel free to weigh in at boafonair at gmail.com, or you can go to our Facebook page or Instagram page where I will ask the question, and we will tally it all up and tell you what we found out. Well, because we are open and excited to hear from our audience, we have a new segment called That's a Bunch of Cockatoo. So if you disagree with our opinions or you just want to share yours, if it's compelling and controversial, we will share it on the next show. So again, both at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. You disagree with us? We want to know. And if you like what we said, we also want to know. Tell us what you think, and it may just be shared on air. And uh, just a fair warning, we're going to call you out by name. So <laughs> That's right. Be prepared to own your your witless objection to anything we might say or be prepared to be acclaimed for agreeing with us okay because everyone is entitled to our opinions that's correct exactly and that takes us to the wrap-up david the wrap-up indeed yes okay uh, the next uh, birds of a feather show tentatively uh, etc uh, air date should be april 10th and as far as the platforms where you can hear us well you can hear us at fusionmusicradio.net Spreaker, and, well, we're moving around a little bit. Um, we're not on all the platforms yet that Butterflies and Hurricanes is. However, I'm told we're not on Spotify now anymore. We're on Podchaser and uh, Google Apps, whatever the Google Apps are, stuff like that. And, of course, Spreaker and our website, the Fusion Music Radio website. So, um, you know about all our shows. The Surge Master Sessions got some new stuff there. Tilly Riddle, new show from her. We've got the Hill Ranch show and... Shock and awe, and my own uh, soup kitchen, and the, my executively executive produced Audrey's mixtape show. You got plenty to listen to there, but of course, you got to listen to us too. Be sure you make time, manage your time wisely, so that you don't do anything 
really foolish and run out of time to listen to this show. So, uh, And you can take us with you anywhere you go, and you should, in fact. So uh, we're so glad we had this time together. Now, you guys aren't probably old enough to remember the Carol Burnett show, so I won't sing the song, but it would be kind of cute if we had a song. But It would be kind of cute if we had a song, and we can work on that. It's not like we're not uh, artists ourselves. Uh, you did fail to mention butterflies and hurricanes as one of the shows and you learned more about butterflies and hurricanes today so please tune in it's an absolutely brilliant show and you will thank me for having shared it with you well, I'm actually going to thank David. You actually shared it. Well, I kind of I ran it to the ground before. I didn't want to keep blowing our horn here and everything. But yes, listen to Butterflies because Butterflies and Hurricanes because Lewis Drayton is on there and he's he's just brilliant. And of course, you can hear acts like uh, Bat Farm, Savannah Pope, The Tragic Radicals, and all manner of uh, uh, brilliant uh, artists that we have uh, dredged up for you. So that uh, pretty much leaves you only to say. Hmm. Let's get the flock out of here. This has been Birds of a Feather on Fusion Music Radio.